Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about history? If so, then try my podcast, Calm History. You'll learn all about famous explorers, inventions, civilizations, ancient wonders, and even the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com. Hello, this is Nikki Eisenhower, life coach and psychotherapist from Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about the difference between an introvert, a highly sensitive person, and an empath. Now, I know when I say highly sensitive person, a lot of you cringe. We don't have a great connection with the word sensitive. A lot of us, especially guys from traditional backgrounds, have been raised to hear that word sensitive and just cringe, right? It, we've been taught that it means weak. It means like namby-pamby. It might mean whiny to you. So when you hear me use the word sensitive, I encourage you to pay attention to what comes up. Because if you have that kind of connection with it, it's going to be hard to figure out the ways that sensitivity might be a gift in your own life. So even when I heard that term the first time, highly sensitive person, I thought, who's what? Don't call me that. I'm tough. I'm strong. And of course, like a lot of sensitive people, I've heard, just like you have, my whole life, you're too sensitive. Why are you crying? So we've got a lot of negative connotation with this sensitivity thing, and I hope to break that down today. So like I've said, I am a highly sensitive person. I am kind of the highest on the scale of highly sensitive person that you can be. Okay, but let's talk about introverts first, because most highly sensitive people are also introverts. All right, but introvert is maybe more of a comfortable term. Introverts are my shy people. We really like time to ourselves. Introverts have this rich inner life inside of our own minds. I can daydream. I can think through an entire skit. I can make myself laugh all inside of my head and have quite a good time just hanging out with myself. We do our best thinking when we're alone. We can lead others. We're actually really great leaders, but for self-starters. If we have to drag somebody to work, it's going to drive us nuts. We really like personal responsibility and being around people who are self-starters because we're self-starters too. We don't want anyone pushing us to start except ourselves. Introverts, we will often be the last people to volunteer for something. Not because we don't have altruism in our hearts. We're givers. We're healers. We're helpers naturally. Often, 
but we're just the last to volunteer. We're watching what everyone else does and we are very protective of our introvert downtime and we don't want to overextend ourselves. We want to be asked our opinion. So often introverts will have an opinion, but we'll sit back on it kind of quietly, not wanting to intrusively insert our opinion where it isn't wanted. A lot of introverts ask me, are you sure I'm not conflict avoidant? Because it's true, we prefer not to engage people who are angry or upset. It's easy to see that as conflict aversion, or if you've had aggressive people in your life, to think of yourself as conflict avoidant. And you might be a little bit. But for me as an introvert, I can very much confront the people in my world who are communicative, who are open, who can own when they're wrong or they have some responsibility. But people who don't, I'm going to want to avoid conflict with them because there's no resolution to that kind of conflict. If you're an introvert, a good introvert receives more calls and texts and emails, receives more contacts from the world than they want to actually give out. Small talk tends to make introverts just nuts. We hate it. We don't see the point in it. If we're going to talk to somebody, even if it's just a little run in at the grocery store, it's going to be a little deep moment of connection. That feels worth our energy output. If not, we'd rather just be inside, introvert, and not expel that kind of out energy with another person. Our alone time actually energizes us. Secluded places feel safe, and we might recharge in withdrawal. And if you're an introvert who study, who has struggled, excuse me, if you're an introvert who has struggled with depression, it's really important to understand this dynamic because withdrawal is one of the symptoms of depression, isn't it? So we really have to know as introverts when we're healthily withdrawing to recharge and when we're dysfunctionally withdrawing to kind of hide from the world. And it's not always super clear. Now, extroverts have a very hard time understanding this whole introversion thing. Introverts can understand extroverts even though we can't be extroverted. So the easiest way for me to explain the difference is to get you to visualize a big ballroom. And me, my introverty self, walks in with an extrovert. And we walk in and we scan the crowd, scan the big ballroom, the big party, the big marketing extravaganza where we have to go put ourselves out there and just work that room. The extrovert takes a deep breath in excitement. He's ready to do this. Me as the introvert, I take a deep breath to steady myself. Because I can work that room. People are often surprised to find out I'm an introvert. I can work that room really well. But when me and the extrovert get all the way to the other side of that room and look back, that extrovert has been energized by every interaction. They're ready to go party into the night, hang out with all the people they just connected to. Me as the introvert, I'm going to have to drag myself up to my room in the hotel to go to sleep. I've got nothing left. And if you ask the people at that party, they probably wouldn't know which of us was an introvert and which of us was an extrovert. Because I can be that on, and lots of you can too. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about pivotal moments in history? If so, then try my new podcast, Calm History. It's a time machine of tranquility filled with immersive, and fascinating stories from history. Prior episodes include The Pilgrims, Marco Polo, 
Henry Ford, Joan of Arc, Jackie Robinson, Klondike Gold Rush, Ancient Greek Olympics, Easter Island, and the Great Pyramid of Giza. There's also a six-part series about the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com. Now, I'm also a highly sensitive person. And for all you science-minded people out there, more and more research is coming out about highly sensitive people. Dr. Elaine Aaron is one of the, the forerunners in the field and the topic of high sensitivity. And now if, if me and a guy with glasses are standing next to each other and we're looking out and I've got better natural sight because I don't need glasses, but the person next to me does and we take his glasses off, it's going to make perfect sense to all people that I can see sharper, clearer, farther than the person next to me needing the glasses. We're comfortable as a people understanding that our sight has differences because we can measure it in an eye test, right? Same thing with hearing. You remember those old uh, putting the headphones on ear tests that we would take as school, at school at, as kids? <clears throat> Do you remember those uh, hearing tests we would take as kids where they'd put headphones on us and we'd have to like raise a left hand, raise a right hand, depending on what we would hear? beepings at different frequencies, different sounds. It makes perfect sense to us as a people that our sight with our eyes or our hearing with our ears would be very different amongst different individuals. But the second we go to emotion, the second we go to our feely senses, it starts to sound hippy-dippy and ridiculous to a lot of us, doesn't it? But high sensitivity We think that about 20% of the population is just born with a nervous system that senses more of the world around us than the average person. Now, I just described sight and hearing, and that makes perfect sense. So I hope it makes some sense to you that in the sensory department, some people would be born with a more attuned sensory system. Now, the 20% of us that are highly sensitive, we have had a lifetime of having the 80% of people who don't have bodies and minds and senses like us highly sensitive people, we've been getting messages from that 80% our entire life. Because to them, we are too sensitive. They don't understand what we're sensing. It's easy for someone to look at me crying at the beauty of a sunset or the smile of a child in the grocery store that I don't even know can make me a little teary. Just the innocence, the beauty. Now, one of those 80 percenters looks at me and goes, oh, my God, Nikki, what what drama? You're crying again? Get a mood stabilizer. So the 20 percent in this high sensitivity, I think, are also the people that show up in counseling, show up looking for coaches, often feeling really kind of overstimulated by the world. So the way that a highly sensitive person is different than an introvert is that we might have sensitivity to sight, sound, touch. Certain noises may very much grate. I don't so much have a noise thing. I don't like the wind on my skin. It makes me irritable and uncomfortable. So I often want to have my arms covered, even if it's really hot. Now, empaths are 
all highly sensitive people, but they're like the extreme on the spectrum. I'm also a very strong empath. And that is going to sound even hippy dippier and maybe frou-frou-y than high sensitivity. And it's taken me a lot of acceptance work to accept that this is really, really who I am. And I imagine that a lot of you are out there struggling with this too. As an empath, I don't just sense my own feelings and my own senses in a stronger way than the average person. I can feel someone else's emotions. Empaths are like natural sponges. Now, we all think of children as natural sponges, right, during our development. And I think that's why in my career, highly sensitive people and empaths have found me and kind of given me my specialty as a healer. They can sense that I'm safe for them to do this work. So often if you're hanging out with me, I know my significant other has seen this happen. And so have some of my good friends. People will often just walk up to me and say something very intimate, very private, maybe the worst trauma of their life, and they will blurt it out. And I've come to have to have a process for this to be able to say in that moment, hey, it's okay. If there's something about me, people just walk up and tell me things. And I can see the shock and puzzle on their faces. It's because I'm an empath. So even those 80% who don't understand this high sensitivity, they can feel drawn to sensitive empaths. A lot of highly sensitive people and empaths, we have a very strong integrity about what's right. I don't think that's because we're born better people by any means. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that the sensitive people and more so the empaths in the world, we're the people that feel the rightness or wrongness of things in our bodies. So if I try to lie, it feels painful to me. It feels icky. It feels sick. You know, that like nauseous, like, oh, did I eat bad food? Am I getting sick? Kind of pukey feeling you might get. That's what a lie feels like to me. I can feel when another person is lying to me because of that feeling. So empaths often feel really crazy in the world before they learn what is the line between my own emotions and the emotions of the other person that's in space with me. So I hope that going over introversion, extroversion, highly sensitive people, and then empaths, the very strong, highly sensitive people that are the sponges of the world. Maybe that gave you some insight into your own road, your own process. I know in my own healing, there is no way I would be at happy and whole and healthy without having figured out my true self and nature and what it means that I need because this is my true nature. So if you've been wondering and this helps you figure out your true nature, uh, keep tuning in. I'm going to keep talking about uh, emotional things, the things that I really think connect us to the ability, the information, the knowledge, and the wisdom that it takes to heal, to thrive, uh, to be at peace in this kind of wacky, fast-paced world that we're in. Thank you so much for showing up. 
Thank you for sharing the show. I would love some reviews on iTunes. Uh, They have a wacky kind of algorithm. Um, It's not about ego. You can say anything. Just come give a review. It'll help uh, push up the show so that other people find me. That's all that does. So any effort in that department is really appreciated. You'll be able to find me on Patreon soon if you'd like to support the show and some projects that I've got going on behind the scenes that you'll learn more about as I share more of who I am and what I'm doing in the world. If you are a highly sensitive person and will be in the Houston area, I would love to have your energy in my HSP school, How to Unleash the Superpower of High Sensitivity and Healing, April 27th and 28th, 2018 at the Spectrum Center in Houston, Texas. It is an experiential workshop. I'm excited to bring highly sensitive people together. uh, And if that appeals to you, there are tickets available, though they are limited. Sign up at my website, Nikki Eisenhower. Thank you so much. Have a great day and a great week. And I'll see you next time here on Emotional Badass. Bye-bye. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about history? If so, then try my podcast, Calm History. You'll learn all about famous explorers, inventions, civilizations, ancient wonders, and even the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to Calm History dot com.